Well, welcome to week three, day 13 of the Red Letter Challenge, as Pastor Mark said. You know, last week in our Red Letter Challenge, we talked about being, how out of our identity, which flows from our baptism in Christ, we are His, we are redeemed, how we need to return again and again to that identity daily to be centered in who we are, redeemed by Christ, that we may from that go out into the world, that all that we do flows first and foremost from that being, a redeemed child of God, of spending time in his word, of spending time with him in praise and thanksgiving. And today in our Red Letter Challenge, we move on to the next section, and it's forgiving. Because forgiving is what Jesus came into this world to do for all mankind, for all people, to give us the forgiveness of sins. Now, I want to give you an example this morning. I want to put something on the screen that probably is familiar to you. Most of us have one of these at home, a couch. Maybe yours doesn't look like this. Maybe it's another style. Maybe it's a sectional. But this is clean, and it's nice-looking. And we sit on it, and we maybe watch TV. We invite people over to be with us, and they sit on it. And we're not ashamed to have them do that. But I want to ask you a question with your couch at home. Do you ever lift the cushions to look underneath? You know, there's always a lot of stuff under there, unless you are just somebody that's OCD and cleans it every day. And I want to show you a top six, six list of things that people typically say they find underneath the cushions. You see money and crumbs, your phone and dust, the remote control to the TV, and popcorn. Who knew? Popcorn. You know, for many of us, we want to make our lives look like this white couch on the screen again. That everything in our life just appears so wonderful. We look pretty good on the outside. We've got it all together. There's no stains on us on that couch. We look good on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever we put that social media persona. And sometimes what happens in our lives is those images that we paint to make ourselves look like this can carry over carry over not just in our life out in the world, but in our life inside the church into a faith community. A lot of times we try to put on when we dress up, when we look good, that we always wear a smile, that we always look like we're happy. We want to put on that we're good people, we're Bible-believing people, we're Jesus-following people, and that's what we want people to know about us. And I want to show you another picture of a couch. And I think you might say with me, yuck, who would want to sit on this? I say that because, you know, sometimes there are people who can come into our fellowship here, and they don't look like that white, pristine couch. Maybe as we looked at them, they look more like this to us. They don't have it all together. They're struggling every moment. We maybe don't want to associate with them. Maybe they feel intimidated to be here with all the white couches, and maybe they might feel like they don't belong. But you know what? 
even though each of us looks like that white couch on the outside, each of us has things in our lives that is hidden under the cushion. You know, there's garbage in all of our lives. There are stains, like this picture of a stain on a cushion. Um, The next slide. That we wonder on a white couch, how can you ever get a red stain out? We do our best to clean up things like this. We do our best to hide them. What we typically do on our couches at home is flip the cushion. So no one sees, no one knows, because we want people to believe that everything's good with us. But the truth is, and the truth that Scripture tells us in this next verse, Romans 3.10, is there is no one who is righteous, not even one. Every one of us, deep underneath the cushions, is guilty. We have something to hide. We have something that we haven't told anyone in our lives, not our friends, not our spouse, not our family. And we keep trying to clean it, to cover it up, to turn the cushions over on our own. And we hang on to it. And we so often let it define us. Zach Zender says the following thing about the past. He says, if you can't let go of the past you'll never be able to grab hold of the future. If you can't let go of the past, you'll never be able to grab hold of the future. Jesus came into this world in order to suffer a brutalized death, and he died and rose again so that you and I would know freedom, freedom from the past, freedom from our sins and our failures, and freedom so that we could let go of the past and take hold of the future. He wants us to live a life of hope, of freedom, of peace. And Jesus not only tells us this in the red letter words to remind us more than that, Jesus does that for us. He goes on to not only do it, but he defends us and he advocates for us in our lives constantly as the gospel this morning should remind us. I want to focus in on that for a minute and look at this wonderful story in John. You can open that in your connection or in your Bible. But hear these words again. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group. Now that's a picture in itself, isn't it? To be brought in by this group who was the ruler in Israel, who decided all things, who were the judges, caught in adultery. I'm sure in the morning she never expected to be in this situation. But here she stands before that group, before all those people that Jesus was teaching. I think what we see in the teachers of the law and the Pharisees is really what bullies they are. They only grabbed the woman. They didn't grab the man that was involved in it. They just grabbed her. They grabbed her because in that society she had no rights, no standing, no ability ever to defend herself. And now she's on trial before all these people. And Jesus Said, and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. 
In the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. You know, it's interesting. They're saying this is what the law of Moses says, but the law of Moses really does say both parties are to be stoned, not just her. You see, they want to see if Jesus will go against the law of Moses and let this woman go. Or they want to see if Jesus will join them and have her stoned and then lose his popularity with the crowd by appearing so harsh. And I love what John records, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. They had a plan of how this was going to go this morning. They knew what they wanted to see. And Jesus just ignored them. And when they kept on questioning him, John says, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And there they are, waiting, waiting to see what he's going to do. Not only is Jesus writing on the ground, but he's showing them they're not very important to him. The tables have been turned on them. And what about this woman? You know, she could only just stand there, accused without any excuse. She is guilty. They caught her in the act of adultery. She didn't try to justify it. She didn't try to blame anybody else. She didn't try to pass it off as a minor infraction of the law. She didn't say, but this is what makes me happy in life, being with other men, enjoying myself. She just stood there. And John says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. You see, as I said before, I think often we think like that couch that we need to get our life in order first, to fix everything, to make ourselves look pristine and wonderful, and then, then Jesus will offer us forgiveness. But in this case, the trial is over. The couch cushions were exposed to everybody. She was guilty. All her stuff was known to everybody. And Jesus defended her. More than that, he was the judge and he set her free. Free to go and sin no more. You know, in our lives, we have someone who accuses us again and again and again. It's the devil. He wants us to hide our stuff under the cushions. He wants us in life to be ashamed, to feel worthless, to cover it up. And he brings it up again to us over and over again because in that way, he keeps us paralyzed in life. He keeps us focused in on ourselves so that we can never see what was done for us by Jesus So that we're always looking at ourselves so that we think others can see this and we can't be involved. And the problem is that we often listen to him when we should be listening to the words of Jesus. Those red letter words. Like what we would find in John 3.17 where Jesus said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world 
but to save the world through him. Understand this. As a follower of Jesus, you are never going to hear a word of condemnation from Jesus. If you believe that Jesus came to forgive sins, you are never going to hear a word of condemnation from Jesus because he paid for it all so that you might go free. Forgiveness was what he was about. Even in that ultimate moment of pain and agony on the cross, remember what Jesus said, Father, forgive them. You see, the cross, the cross equals that the pain and the past stops here. The cross equals that it absorbs the past. The past is gone, that we can let it go, that all is forgiven. The cross opens us up to the love and the forgiveness flowing from Jesus in our lives. The red-letter words of Jesus say to us, you are free, you are no longer guilty. And out of that forgiveness and freedom, we get to become messengers of the very thing we have received in the world. We pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, that's what our memory verse today is based on. I want you to see that on the screen. Pick up one of these cards as you leave today. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as in Christ God forgave you. You see, what flows into us from Jesus Christ, the forgiveness the fact that the past is gone, the past that he has paid for our sins, that all is washed away and that we can go forward into a future. We can grab hold of that future knowing we are forgiven. That flows also then out of us to those around us, that they might know that same forgiveness, that we might live forgiveness wherever we are, that we might share forgiveness and that we might proclaim forgiveness. This is why Jesus has called us. This is why he has forgiven us. This is the gift that he has given us, and it's a gift that we get to share with those around us because we understand the enormity of what he did for us. And we cannot be those to hold on to something when he has not held on to anything we have done in our lives. The past is gone. The cushions exposed. They're clean. It's over. We are new. We are forgiven. And we are his. Will you pray with me? Jesus, may we see once again the enormity what you have done for us and our forgiveness. Lord, let that flow over all of our past that it is washed away. Let us go forward into the future as forgiven people, loved by you, redeemed by you, freed by you. May that forgiveness and that freedom that you bought for us at such a price then flow out of us into the world where you have placed us, that they too may know. They may know who you are, why you have come, and join us to give you praise and glory. We ask all of this in your name. Amen.